0: Welcome to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight, the podcast where we uncover the secrets of CEOs, entrepreneurs, and visionaries who've used public speaking to skyrocket their businesses and their bottom line. Get ready for captivating stories, valuable insights, and practical wisdom from the trailblazers who've mastered the art of the stage. I'm your host, Kelly O'Hara, and I'm thrilled to bring their experiences and expertise directly to you. Let's get started. Hello all and welcome to another episode of the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight, where we dive into the transformative world of public speaking and its compelling impact on success, be it in your professional endeavors or the growth of your business. Our goal is to unlock the secrets held by the masters of this art, those individuals who've harnessed the power of public speaking to climb to the very top of their businesses. Today, we have a very special guest who truly embodies the spirit of ambition, expertise, and success that our show celebrates. I'm thrilled to introduce Augustino Pintas, a titan in the realm of multifamily, real estate investment, and syndication. With 20 years of experience, Agostino isn't just in the business of real estate. He crafts legacies, builds empires, and most importantly, he guides others towards attaining their own pinnacle of financial freedom through savvy multifamily real estate investments. Currently at the helm of strategic partnerships, capital development, and platform development for Realty Dynamics Equity Partners, Agostino navigates the high-stakes world of multifamily acquisition and asset management services, turning opportunities into gold mines. He, his is the voice of the Bulletproof Cashflow Show. This influential platform is a treasure trove of knowledge, featuring insights from top experts in real estate and nurturing the robust mindset indispensable for success. These resources have become cornerstone, st- cornerstones of the community. And they're beloved by avid followers, followers on iTunes, YouTube, and Facebook. Agustino Pintos is the go-to guru for investors who've reached the zenith of their game and are hungry to maintain that hard-earned status even when the unpredictable tides of the business world bring challenges they turn to him to strategize their resurgence to greatness feeling stuck uncertain about your real estate journey Augustino is the beacon leading scores of professionals to clarity focus and action and em- uh, empowering their ascent in the multifamily real estate arena. And now without further ado, let's dive into the mind of the maestro himself. Augustino, welcome to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight. I'm really Thank excited you. to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me, I greatly appreciate it.
0: So I'm always wildly interested in what calls to and inspires people to choose the path that they do. And I'd love it if you'd share with us where your journey began in real estate industry and what drew you to choose multifamily investment specifically? Well, I'll tell you, I
1: came into real estate by mistake. I wasn't really planning on doing any of it, actually. I I I was an entrepreneur, been an entrepreneur since I was a kid. And I was told by my parents, you know what? Don't be an entrepreneur. You need to go work somewhere. You need to go do that. You need a job is what you need. So I went ahead and got the job and I, I excelled at engineering and did my MBA and I did all that fun stuff. I had two master's degrees and went to school forever. And I, went, I just rose to the ranks. Basically, I went the technology route, running large enterprise technology. Well, about, I'd say about 20 years ago, I was introduced to buying buying single family homes and small multifamily, right? A friend of mine says you should buy multifamily or we should buy single family homes. I'm like, sure. Okay. That was the logic that went behind it. Not because of the tax benefits, not because of the cash flow, not because of depreciation. No, it was okay. So I did. <laughs> so I started <laughs> buying single family homes. I was, I was working in corporate and doing all that, but you know, corporate at the time for me, was wasn't wasn't as terrible for for me as it was as it is for many many people out there many of your listeners I'm sure I'm probably not exactly thrilled with corporate. I know afterwards I wasn't too thrilled with it, but while I was there I had a high degree of autonomy. So for me it was like I got to do whatever I wanted to do. The company ran well, my technology ran well, I had a good team, and I just did okay. So I just started buying as many single families and small multifamily as I can. That was leading up to 2008, And then of course from there after 2008 hit, I stopped. I just stopped cold Turkey buying anything. Cause I got scared. I didn't know what else to do. Lost my job, went through a nasty divorce, went through a bunch of other bad stuff. And many of those bad things I wasn't really prepared for, you know? So it took a while for me to finally get my bearings again and get back into the swing of things with corporate, you know? So even though I still, I, I tried starting my own company, it, it, Failed, didn't really work out uh, for a number number of reasons, but my real estate, no matter what, the real estate I still owned was doing was always cash flowing. I was always doing it was always doing well, and that's because the type of real estate that I bought and the methodologies that I used to buy them was very sound, long term debt, lower interest rate with long terms on them, right with long amortization. So that means that I knew that as long as my mortgage was less than the rent right I'm gonna be okay very simple right simple math and that's how I put these deals together so I ended up later down the road working for corporate again this time I was being I was miserable working in corporate I'd say you know, fast forward a bunch of years and I'd done only a handful of deals between between this time I say about five years ago uh I had to make a decision you know after getting after this guy who hired me at this one company he got he left new guy comes in hates my guts this happens about five years ago hates my guts says okay you know what get your G- your gtfo box you need your gtfo box you know what a gtfo box is no <laughs> that's one of the that's one of those things that i'm sure your listeners might know what that is but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say it out of respect for the show but um you can you can google it later and you'll see what it means But they they hand me the box, you pack up your box and you get out, right? So here I am back out again in my 40s thinking thinking to myself, okay, how many more times am I going to put my family at risk? How many more times can I make this a thing where I'm going to go work somewhere and have my family, the people that rely on me for their livelihood, now I'm riffed and I got to start the process all over again. And the higher you go up in the corporate ladder, the more risk you are at losing your job because the target's bigger on your back. You're you're a high-paid employee. And, you know, I'm not saying – I'm not trying to scare people here, but it's it's a, the it's a reality. It's the truth, you know. And especially if you are an entrepreneur, you're a secret entrepreneur, the chances of you wanting to be there is probably not really good, you know. And I was one of those guys. So I decided I had to make a choice. I had to decide, a decision had to be made in my heart and in my mind that I'm not going to let this happen to me ever again. I need to take control of my future and I need to fulfill this, this vision of entrepreneurship. So I realized that even though I had all these problems in these 20 years that led to that moment where I got fired, that I had to make a choice. And I, real estate was always there. No matter what happened, no matter how bad it was, real estate was always producing little little drips of cash so I decided to go all in on real estate in my 40s. So I went to I did a consulting gig you know, outside of Cleveland, where I'm at, where I'm based right now. I'm actually based in Cleveland now. Took a took a consulting gig, and I made myself a promise. I said, I'm never going to corporate ever again, ever, ever. And you know, when you leave a six figure career, dump it for something in your 40s. You gotta be a little scared. Good be scared. That means you're not gonna let you're not gonna fail. That's what it means, right? That's what I did. So I decided to go all in on real estate, really learning the craft, started to do start doing multifamily did my first multifamily on my own and I started syndicating deals. Now we have actually four lines of business that we do. The first is we acquire single family if it's called B and C assets that's that's the the grade of the asset, okay? It's mostly workforce housing. We have about 1,600 units in and around Cleveland. We have development where we do ground-up development and, and what's called adaptive reuse. That means like taking office buildings and converting them to multifamily. We have another another aspect of of uh, real estate, which includes single tenant net lease. So think of like Dollar General, Dollar Tree, VCA Animal Hospital, anything that's a corporate guarantee that has a single tenant in it. We look at purchasing those in a, in a fund. And then we have a media and education business. This helps people get into the real estate game and build success in it. And I'm the one that runs it. It's a 50 week mastermind for both, for, for all, of our, all of our coursework that we do. Because I realized early on that to try to do a six week or a weekend boot camp is useless, in my opinion, for people that are really serious about getting into real estate. You need constant help. You need a lot of help to get started. And that's what we do. So with these, with these four elements, we've done about $350 million in assets already and transaction volume. Uh, I've done a lot of units, learned a lot. And it's uh it's been quite the journey. And the journey is not over yet. I'm about halfway there. So <laughs> it's still a ways to go.
0: Wow, I love this. And I love hearing a lot of us feel that way about corporate. We've come from corporate. And at one point, it becomes this and no more. And being an entrepreneur is exciting. It's risky, but it's fulfilling. And nobody can um, let you go for whatever reason. You're in charge. I like that place. I too feel the same way. So you're getting let go from that job um, was a gift. Sounds to me like it was a big gift.
1: It was, it was. I mean, it was, uh, it was scary. I will admit it was scary And when you realize that you're not, you're no longer getting a paycheck and you have, and you know, you're, you're done, you're cut off. That's it. It's scary at first. You know, that's why I encourage young people, like many of the, many of the folks in our, in our coursework, we have a lot of young folks in our, in our masterminds. And the cool thing about it is that they could still afford to make a mistake. No, they. they if, if maybe real estate's not for them, I mean, I, I can't understand why it wouldn't be real estate. It's 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 simple, but it's not easy, right? But you know what? The good thing is if you learn when you're young how to do this business, by the time you're in your 30s or your 40s or even your 50s, you're you're amassed a nice portfolio of of cash flowing assets that'll support you later on down the road. But you have to start younger. You have to start as soon as possible. And I wish I would have known this stuff in my 20s. My life would have been completely different. You know, I just didn't know.
0: Well, this is incredible. And the idea that people can get into this. And and have a mentor and have an opportunity to go in and learn this from an expert who literally can hold your hand through this as you're figuring out your pathway. I think this is a gift. So for yeah. those that want to emulate your success, you know, what kind of skills or mindsets do you think are crucial to be able to master in the realm of real estate investment and syndication? Is there anything that you can tell our audience um, you, you gotta at least have this.
1: Yes, <laughs> there's a, there's a saying I heard, uh, which is interesting. People love to buy, but they don't want to be sold to. Mm. So-, so so what does that mean when you unpack that? What does that mean? That means that you know people buy from other people. They don't want to buy a brand, right? That's why it's like they'll they'll buy an individual. But they don't like buying a brand. You notice that many many brands don't have followers on like Instagram or if we're using social media as the as the as the metric, right? Mm-hmm. but the the but individuals have huge followings because people make relationships with individuals. So one thing that I did, especially at, I'd say later on in my career at uh, at that company I got fired from, was put a big emphasis on the sales aspect even though i wasn't technically in the sales department i was running technology i had clients that i was responsible for and as as the first line of communication so that meant that i was kind of wearing a sales hat and it was kind of foreign to me right but i also realized though that if at some point in the future and at that point, it wasn't really it wasn't really clear to me what it was going to be happening. But at some point in the future, if I'm going to be in business for myself, I really need to hone that skill of sales. Because here's the thing: everything is sales, all life is sales. All human life on this planet that we call Earth is sales. And you someone might be listening saying, What the hell is this guy talking about? Well, when you go see your spouse. When you're, if you're, you know, whatever, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, that first date, you're selling to each other, right? You have to sell that I might be the run for for you, and you might be the run for me. We don't call it sales; we call it a date, right? When you put out material, there's marketing, of course. There's a marketing of of uh, of a brand, right? But if what you're saying doesn't resonate with the individual on the other side of that message. You're going to, it's, they're gone. They they go, they go listen to someone else. And that's okay. You're not, you're not meant to get every single person you speak to, but there's a sales transaction that takes place. So back then, back when I was working at this company, I decided to hone the skill and started taking improv classes. I looked into Toastmasters. I didn't like the dingy areas that they were often held in. I'm sure you're familiar with some of those areas. (laughs) You've seen those, those offices and those. Those, those some of those errors didn't I didn't didn't appeal to me, so I took improv of all things, and because I, I wanted the a, a way to get to get uh, to be okay with being in front of a large audience and think on my feet very quickly, and I thought improv could be the way to do it. So it was a lot of fun to do that, to hone the sales skills using improv. Right. So it's uh, it was certainly a, a great journey doing it that way. But I knew the importance of, of sales. Was was that aspect. So certainly it's no formal training in sales, so to speak, but the ability to speak in front of someone, speak in front of the camera. We've done, what, over 400 episodes of, of our show already since then, you know, long time now. And really trying to understand what the audience is looking for and delivering on that promise to the audience to fulfill that need of what they're looking for it's extremely important right so i learned the same thing i probably learned i mean you learn you learn better depending on what you know what 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 methodology you use right in terms of sales right that's how i learned it and it's worked out well you know it worked out well for me
0: wow the improv that was a brilliant strategy it also sounds fun and would be great for people who are a little bit on the shyer side they might resist it but once you get in there it's such a supportive environment yeah. that it might um help them ease up a little and and in that vein i would think it dovetails really nicely into my next question which is um that probably helped you towards becoming the effective public speaker that you are and i'm curious i'd love for you to be able to tell our audience how has that actually translated to business growth and kind of your own personal brand within the real estate community? Has it made a big difference?
1: Yes, and I can give examples. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking of an example right now and it sounds terrible, but I was speaking with a group of investors in New York and I was with someone else there and we had to speak on an investment, a deal that we were working on. And I can tell that easily he was not prepared to speak. Not on the topic. He certainly knew the topic extremely well, right? It was a deal that we're working on. We know the deal quite well. But when you're you're in New York City on on a high rise and you're communicating to 50, 60 investors, qualified investors, all of our multimillionaires, even though you know your stuff, if you are speaking and stammering ums and uhs and all kinds of other stuff, it doesn't sound very confident, even though he's a very confident individual. I know the guy. I've known him for years. He sounded terrible. It was awful, right? Where... I saw what he was doing, and I, I rescued it by not doing that. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. You know, I use filler words, just, you know, is one of them, right? Right is another one. <laughs> so I, I'm not perfect at it, but I recognize that, and I catch it sometimes. And you have to be able to do that kind of stuff. And the when you're talking to a large group of investors, they need to close maybe not in the first try, but eventually down the line, you're going to get them into the funnel and you're going to eventually close them at some point in the future. You hope you, you have to sound confident. You have to sound like you know what the hell you're saying and doing. Cause if you don't, you're going to lose them. Right. So part of it is personal branding, but part of it is also being able to speak and walk the walk. You have to be able to do that.
0: Uh, I You know, I'm so excited by what you're talking about because it's public speaking is sales is negotiations, it all really ties into each other and what it gets right down to in the end is having confidence in your product your service, um, and what you offer. And I, I, I look at this and looking to the future, you know, how do you see your role as a public speaker evolving alongside, you know, continuing to work with multifamily investments. How are you looking at this as you're moving forward? You got a plan?
1: Yes. I think part of it is to listen even more. A big part of being a speaker, a public speaker, is also listening. I think that that's one of the big parts that people don't do is listen. Listen to what the audience is saying. And whether the audience is a small group on a Zoom show or Zoom whatever webinar, whatever it might be, or a meeting, or a group of a 1,000 people, listening to the audience is going to yield way more dollars than not. An example, like when we were talking at the green room earlier about how, (laughs) again, listening to the questions that someone is asking and formulating a response very, very quickly to reduce risk for that individual is extremely important, especially for borrowing money from them. <laughs> right. <laughs> you so, and, 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 and I'm not saying to, to, to hide anything or whatever, but you have to formulate a response that is going to satisfy them. And also be true and we're not lying or anything else like that we don't we don't do that in our line of work we can't do that you know we're not supposed to do that you know everything everything we do is all registered with the sec it's all in the up and up that's how we do our business but you have to listen and you have to understand who the individual is asking the question and then respond directly to that question now it's also helpful if you understand the enneagram uh, if you know, if you know what the Enneagram is. Have you heard of the Enneagram?
0: Yeah yes. everybody's talking about it these days.
1: If you know the Enneagram and you apply the knowledge of the Enneagram, especially when you're in a, in a very like a tight a tight meeting of some sort, you can you have to answer the question extremely pointed. <laughs> you cannot like start deviating and like try to some mumbo jumbo that type of scenario right so knowing the audience listen to the audience is extremely important and taking advice from other people too which for some folks on the enneagram i'm one of those guys we don't listen we don't like listen to advice we take it as criticism but sometimes you have to stop and think close your eyes and think and say it's not criticism it's it's constructive advice (laughs) take the advice incorporate it and do better you know so it's uh the enneagram is, is, is very key in that but when it comes to larger crowds no matter what listening to the audience and trying to satisfy what the audience is looking for is extremely important too certainly having the, the confidence of speaking professionally to folks is going to build confidence in them that you know what you're talking about you know selling from the stage is extremely important too to do that you know to have that confidence but if you don't have that, I think that you're at a huge it's to your detriment if you don't. It's it's huge. It's absolutely huge. You gotta have that.
0: Uh Augustino, I could not agree more. And you've covered a lot of topics. I I I just loathe that this show is sometimes way too short because you're just a wealth of information. And it's just okay. It's just been an absolute pleasure having you on our show today. You're in such an interesting industry at such a critical time in our economy and your insights and your kind of seasoned perspective on real estate investing and public speaking and sales, really invaluable. I know for me, these are meaty, substantive topics and they're really timely and I'm really grateful I got to be part of this conversation today. And I have a feeling that our audience is gonna feel the same. And for those of you who want more, please visit augustino's website his show is the and his show is also called the bulletproof cash flow where the learning continues and you can dive even deeper into these multiple strategies and mindsets that i know we've just touched on the surface here but i think i think i want to know more in fact i want to know more about your upcoming you know class what you do um, to teach your investors i'm interested so Thank you so, so much, Augustino, for being on this show.
1: You bet. bet. Thanks for inviting me. I greatly appreciate it.
0: Okay. I admittedly hate to wrap it up, but I have to. So I'll say I'm Kelly O'Hara, your host, and I want to thank you all for joining us today on the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight. If you've enjoyed this episode, Please give us a thumbs up and we'd love to hear your thoughts in the review section because your feedback, it not only helps us improve, but it helps us help others find the show. And if you haven't already, I'd love it if you hit the subscribe button so you can stay tuned. Um, we'll be covering, we'll continue to uncover the secrets of public speaking success and its profound impact on achieving industry leadership. Um, Augustino is a wonderful example of that. So, as always, Thanks for being part of our community. And until next time, keep speaking your passion and amplifying your impact because your voice, it makes a difference. So take care, everybody. I look forward to seeing you in our next episode. I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight. We hope you enjoyed this deep dive once again into the remarkable stories and insights of our incredible guests. Their experiences and wisdom are not just meant to inspire you, but to provide you with actionable steps to take on your own path to success. Remember, you have a story to tell and your voice has the power to transform your business and make lasting impact. If you found value in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an empowering conversation. We'd also appreciate it if you could leave us a review and share the show with your friends Colleagues, and your fellow visionaries. Until next time, keep speaking, keep growing, and keep reaching to make your difference. This is Kelly O'Hara signing off from the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight.